Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Welcome to the podcast, Xenia. <laughs> thank How you. are you? I'm yes. well, thank you. Thank awesome. You. So tell me a little bit about any of your earliest memories of being in the, or being a military child. And we spoke with Xanadu a little while ago and heard about a little bit about your dad. And so tell me anything of that nature. Okay. So... Um, my dad got out of the military while we were still pretty young. He was a buck sergeant at the time. And then we relocated from Wardsmith down to Youngstown Air Reserve Base. So he still worked on a military installation. Um, but one of the days we were down on the garage and just moving stuff around. And there was a whole bunch of stuff from cairo egypt and i'm like oh this is cool like turbans and models of the sphinxes and and like i don't know if you know this but before we had all this cool technology there were these photo slides and you had to put them in a projector and it would click over and you could see it and we didn't have the little clicker thing but he had all of these into a box, all these pictures into a box. And I was looking through them and you could see the pyramids of Egypt. And I'm like, whoa. And I remember thinking, how cool. I'm like, I'm never, I'm never going to get to go there. I'm never going to be able to do something that cool. Like, and I still don't even know what he was doing there. I'm like, he, he's told me kind of ish what it is. And I don't know if it's uh, declassified or whatever it is, but yeah, it was definitely one of the coolest things. He's like, yeah, we were just landing C5s. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you can do a quick Google search and you're like, where at would you be landing these monsters of aircraft? So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I think it was pre-Desert Storm 1 before Desert Storm was Desert Storm. So I think it was around that area, that era. And I just I was like, man, that is like cool stuff. Like that is cool stuff. I actually wore one of the um, head turbans that he had gotten and I wore it for Halloween or some float thing. I don't remember. It was like such a long time ago. Um, But that was one of the cooler things that I remember seeing, like my first intro of, wow, like my dad's just not a firefighter. Like, wow, like he's actually gone and seen the world. Wow. I grew up in a small, small town. So seeing something that profound is, you know, amazing, even now as an adult. Yeah. And, you know, it's not often that you go to places like Egypt or some of these cool parts. So you have to, you know, kind of try and, you know, pictures, memories to remember Mm -hmm. those times and then even seeing it as a young child being like, Oh my gosh, you got to go to Egypt. Yeah. I remember I was like, why do you have these? And it was just kind of set back 
and, you know, behind a bunch of his woodworking things. And I'm like, why don't you have these out? These are cool. (laughs) What are these? And I just picture these little things. I'm like, what are these? And I'm trying to find the light to like look underneath them. But they were the coolest things, the coolest, coolest things. Yeah. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. sure. So Xanadu said that your dad was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And um, so what kind of places besides Egypt did he get to go? Did you remember any stories he told you or? Um, I remember him getting um, an Arctic survival bag, like a sleeping bag. And I was like, why do you have this? And, and he was like, oh, when I went, you know, when we deployed or they sent us over to the, you know, the sand, they, it gets, it gets cold at night. Yeah. And, but it's the desert (laughs) (laughs) for me and a young child's mind. I was just like, this is outrageous. You're going to, you're going to sweat to death. So it was very, oh, like I don't even know the word to explain it as far as just wild, like bonkers. Like I couldn't wrap my, my tiny little five-year-old brain like around this concept of a huge sleeping bag um, to go to the desert or, you know, (laughs) the desert. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Fast forward years and years and years into my air force career. And I go to deploy and they're giving me, cold weather gear and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, why are they giving me this? Um, well, it does get cold. <laughs> there. <laughs> no. Um, so that's crazy. Um, and, and it gets, even when it's hot in the daytime at nighttime, it gets so much cooler because right. the sun goes down that you're, you're cold. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this makes sense now. <laughs> Like a light bulb. Yeah. (laughs) Like a good bulb. Yeah. It took so many years to be able to figure out exactly (laughs) why you needed a cold sleeping bag instead of, you know, a lighter one. It was funny for sure. And he, I remember telling him, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting ready to go to Afghanistan. And um, they said it's going to be, you know, six months, but it could extend. And I've got some training to do beforehand. So they actually had to keep my dogs longer. So that was one of the things I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Please don't get rid of my dog. Uh, yeah, it was really, really funny. What else did um yeah, so he was like, oh, make sure you make friends with the firefighters. They have washers and dryers, you know, because depending on some other places that you go, they don't have those amenities. But if yeah. you're there where there's firemen, then they have those amenities because they have to be able to wash their stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's good to know. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> Tips and tricks to stay clean. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember going to the Air Force base that your dad was working at even when mm-hmm. he was out of the military? Yeah, yeah. So um, the smell of a fire station is very nostalgic for me. Uh, I know that sounds very, very weird because it's right on the flight line. But even going into any fire station, especially if I miss home and I just take like, like, oh, it smells like rubber (laughs) and and jet fuel. Yep. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I just miss my dad. So that's what he does. It smells like him. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, and the big tires, like all these fire trucks have these great big, huge tires. And I'm just like, whoa, they're so big. (laughs) These fire trucks are so big. Um, And then they had, you know, their guard unit, reserve units. So every once in a while, there'd be people walking around in uniforms and the kind of stuff. And and trying to learn that's not what he did anymore. I'm like, then how come you're here, but you're not wearing a uniform? How come they have to wear uniforms? uniforms? So it was very difficult to, to grasp that as well. So that was one of the things I'm like, so you work on an Air Force base, but you're not in the Air Force? I don't understand. Yeah, because he was. And then, you know, transitioning into a DOD job that you don't, do that anymore you yeah. have your one role that you play and that's yeah exactly do you remember like wanting to go because when I talked with Xanadu she wanted to go to- yes I love to go to the air force base uh everybody was so nice and they had the coolest toys and amenities and you're like whoa and one of the funner memories that I have is they set up this great big, huge, long tarp. And there was, um, in one of the, the bays, they had this great big, huge, long hill. And they set the fire hose down on it. So there was a hose running down. And it was this giant slip and slide. And all the kids that were there for their shift were there. And we were, you know, everybody was grilling out. And the kids were slipping and sliding. And all, all kinds of fun stuff. And even being in one of the cop cars, they let us uh, get over like the megaphone and you could hear yourself. You're like, hey, going <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. So that was fun. Yeah, it was definitely a really, really cool experience to do. Yeah, because even though, I mean, you were still technically, you know, a military kid, but you didn't get those experiences of being, you know, moving mm-hmm. and what a normal military yeah. kid would, but you were still able to you know, hang around and be a part mm-hmm. of the activities that were happening on base. Yeah. So it was nice because, you know, he worked 24 on and 24 off. So, you know, sometimes he would be gone for a right. while. You're like, well, I feel like he's been gone forever. Is that working all day today? Or when is he going to come <laughs> And then, you know, every once in a while, if he came home on a weekend, so if he, had, he was coming home on a Saturday morning, he would stop by the donut shop on his way home and we would get donuts like that from yeah. down the road. Yeah. So we're like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, that was always fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Who wouldn't want donuts? I know. I love donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Even now, I'm like, oh, I love donuts. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was definitely cool. Um but one of the things now, thinking about it, when 9-11 happened and my mom came to the school to come and get us and my older sisters, Alana was already in the army, and um, we were like, what's going on? And they shut the base down and they weren't allowed to leave and they were held over. And so it was just like a world of panic. Yeah, because we're like, what's gonna happen? And then they're they're seeing these planes fly over, and they're getting called out to the flight line because one of these aircraft that are in the air is not going to be able to land where they need to be, so they have to go out. And so, you know, hearing the 
the concern in his voice was definitely um, a scary. Yeah, a scary, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember yeah. being scared for Alina at the time too? Yes. Yes. So well, I remember I was at a, we were, I was a cheerleader and there was a basketball game and one of the moms came up to me and they're like concerned because like, oh, what's going to happen? Is your dad okay? Yeah. And all these other types of things. And I'm like, yeah, we're just really concerned for Lina. Yeah. And, you know, Lana's out there. Our friend Bobby was out there and like a couple other people. And like, I feel like her whole class just went to some part of the military. And so then the mom this grown woman starts crying. She goes, Oh my God, I forgot all about Salina. And I'm just in the middle, you know, of this high school with this sobbing mother and I'm trying not to cry. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, It's scary to see adults cry when you're still a child. Right. And you're just, Oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? And then technology wasn't what it's like today. So you couldn't, just call on the cell phone you couldn't just facetime you couldn't just skype so a lot of it was just snail mail and just waiting to hear back where she was at what they were doing who they were with um and so waiting waiting for that you know where where it's when it happened so um that was definitely scary very very scary yeah and I mean, I can't even remember how many deployments she's been on. She was gone for like, <laughs> like we, yeah. got, we got to go to one. By the time she came back, I had graduated high school and I was in my first year of um, as a freshman. And we got to take like freshman courses together. And then it was like she got to take one course one semester and then she was gone again. And I'm like, oh, like it was kind of like it sucked yeah <laughs> it just sure. it just sucked all over again I'm like oh man so she missed my graduation um yeah like stuff that sisters are normally like oh we're getting ready and all this kind of stuff yeah. and I'm like oh man so that was um difficult for sure sure how old were you when Zelina joined um so she joined when she was 17 because she had to get a written waiver to to go in so that would have put me at 15 yeah 15 years old and then um I was probably 16 when she left because it was already September and I had already started my sophomore year of school our junior year of school so I was starting my junior year of school and um I was, yeah, just a teenager, just like 15, 16 year old teenager, just like wondering where my sister was at and yeah. waiting for, waiting for the letters and waiting for the letters. And you're just like, oh, I actually still have um, a casing that she had and she wrote me a letter and she put it in there. And so I still have the letter and I still have the casing from, from the bullet. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's it's really incredible. Cool. <laughs> I still have a lot of her letters in one of my big tote gorilla cases. I still have that yeah. a bunch of her letters from overseas and her stories and stuff like that. So it's really 
cool. I try not to read them because they're. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, think about some of those things. And you're like, wow, I'm so glad she's alive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I even yeah. um, a letter that dad wrote me when he was away, you know, I cried reading that one at first, like the very first time I read it, I cried. And then reading back through it, you know, I still cry. <laughs> it was just a basic, like it was like a one page, like not even a full page letter, but like I still cry because it's those memories. Yeah. Sure. It brings back that like, oh, like you're back in that setting and you're back right. in that doubting and denying you're like I don't know what's going to happen you keep seeing on the news and oh my goodness the news was just constant everywhere 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 like oh they another IED another explosion another you know attack and all these kind of things and it's just you're like oh and you you keep looking back you're like where where is she at which part is she at like yeah you know I feel like when you were, when I was in high school, they didn't show geography like they do today. <laughs> <laughs> this half of the world. So to see the other half of the world, I'm like, where, where is she? Like, what is this? Is that it? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's a different camp or something would happen at one of the camps that she was at or one of the FOPs that she had just left. So she was going to or always, it just seemed like she was always just in the nick of time missing it right just yeah. missing it and you're just like oh but then you know that's the aftermath of everything and having to wait to see how close she was right how, yeah. how this time by how how close this time how far you know like the lead times of these disasters and catastrophes that are happening and you're just waiting like oh, that was too close. That was too close, you know, things like that. So yeah, it definitely makes you grateful, even though she's a pain in the butt now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, for sure. Do you have any letters that say don't join the military? Did she tell you that at all? Never. She actually tried to get me to join the army because the army had a sign-in bonus. And I was in school, like in college, and I was like, nope, I'm too smart for the army. (laughs) (laughs) Dana Dew had said she remembers letters that say, don't join the military, don't join the military. And so that's one of the reasons she joined. And she was like, okay, my sister's telling me not to join. So guess what I'm going to (laughs) do? And she joined. Yeah, I actually joined after Xanadu joined um, the Air Force six months. So she left in February, I think, when she was 20. She turned 21 in basic and boot camp. And then I joined August of 2006. So, yeah. Do you think both of your sisters joining made you want to join as well? Um. So... I remember going to Xanadu's graduation. And so I've been to both of them. I went to Zelina's and I went to uh, Xanadu's. And I remember watching Xanadu walk down the bomb run and how sleek and uniformed everything was. Yeah. And I was like, piece of cake. (laughs) Piece of cake. Like nothing to it. Um, and then like a few weeks later, I came back and I went to the same recruiter, Sergeant Largent and good old Jeffrey Largent and took the ASVAB test and 
obviously I scored higher than her. (laughs) I obviously scored higher than her. Um, Yeah. And then I left for, I signed for six years because I wanted to outrank her faster. And that was the thing. I was like, how can I outrank her sooner? Like, I need to know these things. So he's like, well, you know, know, and I had only planned to do six years. I'm like, I'm only going to do six years and then I'm going to get out. I'm going to, well, actually, I'm like, I'm going to do four years and then I'm going to get out and do the rest of my time as a guard or reserve. And then, and then, you know, be, have a degree and done with the military. Thank you. And I'm yeah. on my way to, to living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically a competition more or less. Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, so Zelina and I are both E7s now. And the line is at 20 years and I'm at 14 and nine months. So I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, so is she going to retire? Is she going to try to get EA? I got to get EA before she does. Like, oh. <laughs> yes. yes. So I'm like, do I get EA just to say that I made it and she's didn't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's healthy. It's healthy sibling rivalry for sure. It's a healthy competition. Yes. But oh, yeah. I definitely lean on her a lot as a as a, a female military woman, as a sister, as a mentor. I definitely rely on her a lot. I really do. I I I call her all the time and I'm asking her, you know, like you, certain scenarios. Like I have a friend <laughs> who this is happening to. What do you yeah. think? Um, and so even though we're in different branches, the senior NCO core, like all of those, they run together, right? There's right. still that bridge that goes there. So I really do heavily rely on her experience. Yep. Um, 110%, 110%. Yeah. yeah. And even like the different branches, a lot of it is different. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of differences, but it's still... It's still, there's a lot of similarities through yeah. it too. So the camaraderie, for sure. Like the camaraderie. So, yes. you know, Air Force to Air Force, we have camaraderie. And then, you know, when you go to a joint environment, you have that camaraderie. And nobody can say anything about about a branch who's never served, who's never been in because they don't understand it. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, I can pick on my sister, but you can't pick on my sister, you know, yeah. like. You need to stop it. Yeah. So it's right. one of those. It's very, it's very cool and unique. And you meet a lot of people who you would never meet. You get to enjoy different cultures that you normally would never be able to be immersed in. Um, and it's really a different type of family, like um, an extension of what you have. So I have obviously two sisters, but in the military, I've gained more sisters like more brothers and sisters and definitely people who've been like father figures when I have been you know like in the middle of nowhere stranded I'm like man this is terrible like what am I gonna do and then you have this person who's like they're still your your supervisor or mentor of some way but they've been in a little longer and they kind of like talk you off the ledge right essentially is what they're doing they're like come on back come on back yes let's sit down and talk about this let's rationalize it and and they end up caring for you you know in a way like a father or a mother would essentially is what happens so then 
you you still stay in contact with those people and they still check in on you. They still, you know, congratulate you. They still tell you to keep your head up. They still, you know, continue to try to mold you and shape you and to give you that extra push when you don't think you can. Yeah, for sure. And Mm -hmm. even, you know, from like a military child's perspective, like anyone would do that. Zelina is like, my second mother like I mean she literally took care of us for a month but like she you know she still is a mom to me Mm -hmm. like she just she'll still like if I'm out of it she'll still snap me back into place (laughs) like she's not scared to do that so yeah Um, yeah she's not scared to do that for anybody (laughs) (laughs) that's so true yes So you spoke on the different cultures. Do you remember certain places that you felt more at home or more, I guess? Um, Wow. So Langley was my first duty station and my younger sister was stationed at Pope. So it was nice. It was only three and a half, four and a half hour drive. So I would, a lot of the times I would come back to my house on like a Thursday or Friday and my sister would be at my house and I'm like oh this is cool or they were planning a trip down to Myrtle Beach and so I would drive down and you know go and pick up my sister they wanted to go to Savannah you know it was just they would come it was just so much back and forth with us too that it was very nice it was a nice a nice soft introduction I guess yeah. like a soft opening to the air force so my first First time being very much away from home was when I got stationed in Japan. Um, So that was different. Um, But I, I really enjoyed that culture. And that was probably my favorite assignment and probably where I felt most at peace. Right. Um, Hawaii was my next assignment. I was at Hickam for a while. And even though I really enjoyed it, it still wasn't the same. I had a lot of challenges there. Um, And a really good mentor who who really did get me out of my comfort zone. So it was a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> very much a lot of work. I made two ranks there. So I'm very blessed that I had Hickam as an assignment, but um, it was a lot. Yeah. And then Mina, I never felt at home. I never got in a rhythm. That's in North Dakota. I just never felt like that was my jam. Um, and then here we go. 17 months later, I'm in Randolph in San Antonio and I have family here that's extended family and I get to hang out with my cousins. And normally I would only be able to come back to San Antonio for a TDY and be there for like a few days. So now I'm here permanently for a while, right? Permanent. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. In, Ish in kind of. of permanency. And so it's nice to reconnect with that side of my family who I don't get necessarily able to see a lot. And yeah. Um, they're, they're very, very welcoming, obviously. And, you know, when are you coming over for lunch? When are you coming over for dinner? <laughs> you know, um, it's very, it's very nice. So I would say probably Langley, Langley and here, San Antonio have been the most that I felt at home for sure. Yeah. And I think yeah. San Antonio, like we lived on the army base, Fort Sam. And so, mm-hmm. but I think just San Antonio in general is like home just like the Mm -hmm. culture the people there they're all Mm -hmm. so nice and the food and everything (laughs) and the food food. (laughs) not 
Yes. Yes. Um, and it's it's such a huge military hub, right? In the Air Force, we call it the gateway to the Air Force because that's where you come into the Air Force, right? Like you go yeah. through your basic training. COVID has switched things a little bit, but if you're in the Air Force, you've gone you've gone to Lackland. Um, but then outside of Lackland, there's you know the, uh, it's spanning the entire state of Texas is mm-hmm. just a whole array of different branches and. and even even your neighbors are retirees or have served in some yeah. capacity. So it's it's really nice. It's really nice to just have that extended part of family there. Like it's really, it's really nice. I agree though. The food is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can't replicate it. You we try to find like good uh Tex Mex, mm-hmm. Mexican food, even in Florida, like it doesn't. Yeah. It's probably more um like Cuban, Dominican, Puerto Rican yeah. food down there. Yeah. It's yeah, different. for sure. Mm-hmm. So was there a specific reason that you chose the Air Force over the Army? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can say the same, but I feel like our quality of life is way better. Like, <laughs> oh gosh I see sometimes um you know we do collaborative exercises TDYs and and all these types of things and the army is out there just grunting grunting staying intense and you're like why there's a hotel right here why (laughs) yeah uh, uh, I would say you are treated as an adult earlier and you have that responsibility earlier in your career than you would be as a soldier like a soldier they really really do like break it all the way down to you're a baby you're a child you have to learn how to walk before you can run and in the air force we we still expect you to by the time you get to the air force you already need to know how to walk and you know crawl and walk by this time you're running and they're running fast so we expect you to be able to run and now you need to learn how to run fast and we're going to show you how to run it fast follow my lead and let's grab my hand and take it like a small child and we're running and you're just yeah. like almost 15 years later I look up and I'm like oh my god I'm still running <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah for, for sure. sure and I think like after talking with Xanadu too there's so many just little differences, especially mm-hmm. uh, she said she remembers an experience where she went to chow with Lina and <sighs> she didn't clean up after herself. Yeah. And, you know, you have to clean up after yourself in the yeah. army. Like, yeah. you don't just leave your dishes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And that is so the first time we all were together after we had all went to basic training and and all that kind of stuff, we were, I don't know, I think we were in New York or something like that where my parents lived. We had eaten dinner and my me and my sister got up, me and my younger Xanadu got up, we left our plates there. And that's not how we were raised to do that. But sure. the Air Force had me and Xanadu, we left our plates at the table and everybody else cleaned up and my mom I remember her like who <laughs> at the table and Zelina gloated and she was like well 
uh, notice it's the two Air Force members that did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. And I remember, I don't know which deployment. I was already in the military. I was in Virginia. Lana was deploying out of Pope and uh, our brag. And I drove down to see her and she couldn't get in my car to drive, to go somewhere. And she's like, we're not allowed in POVs. We're not allowed in POVs because, you know, we, we could get hurt. So they had to walk everywhere. So I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> I I drove and I drove next to her and Whitney Houston, um, I want to dance with somebody was on and yeah. I turned my radio up super loud and I was riding next to her, like screaming the song to her. Oh my God. Oh, right before her deployment. Yeah. It was one of the best times. Because <laughs> 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 very rarely does the younger sibling get to embarrass the older sibling. Usually yep. it's, it's the other the way older. around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. get it. You get it. <laughs> I'm the older one. So yeah. <laughs> she's she's had some moments but you know I try not to let it get to me as much now but yes for sure oh that's funny (laughs) are there any experiences that you had as a military child that I guess translate or influence how you've handled certain situations in the military yourself you can do anything (laughs) discipline um I never knew why my dad liked things in a particular manner and now fast forwarding to I'm very I like things done a certain way and I want them done a certain way and it's very difficult for me to except that other people don't do things the same way I do. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you doing it that way? That's not how I want it to be. And um, yeah, a hundred percent. I remember folding towels, towels had to be folded a certain way. And then when I went to basic, that's exactly how we folded our towels. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah. I, Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of things. Um, the need, the need to tell people not to tell people, right, everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never understood stood that. I thought that was, you know, an overprotective parent. Um, but that is, that is the nature of of the military. Sure. Is is. Um, yeah, I'm in the military. What do you do? You know, I do X, Y, and Z. And then it's kind of like vague and you leave it yeah. vague. And where are you at? What are you doing? Social media has made it incredibly difficult for, for that kind of stuff, especially with geotagging. Um, so it's one of those things that need to, to still self-express, but what part of self-expression do you, do you hold tight to yourself? So um Definitely, definitely um, how to keep a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like the military. You see the outside life, but, you Mm -hmm. know, the inside life, especially from an outsider, like a civilian, like you see what you see on the outside, but then Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. really going on, you don't see much of. Exactly. Like what you're exposed to, like the, the level of responsibility that they automatically 
put on you without you fully knowing why you know something but you don't know why and it's having that trust in the system to list to just do it right it's it's not blind but it's trusting and confident it's that your wingmen our soldiers will always will always battle with you right and they'll come alongside you yeah it's it's different <laughs> it's yes. not for everybody no <laughs> Me either, but I say that, and I never, never thought about joining the military ever. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a specific goal you had in life when you were in high school um, and going to college? Or oh, man, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I thought I was going to be a doctor and um, business. Uh, my first degree that I was going for was business marketing and language. And I'm like, Oh, this is terrible. I'm terrible at business. <laughs> the widgets and all this stuff, money marketing and, and the market world is terrible. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Um, yeah. So what is a different business that's not corporate? So I'm like, Oh, this is, I, I don't want to do this. So I did, I, I did want to do, something medical I just didn't know what so that was like my goal and when I went to the recruiter I was like people will always be getting sick what do, what can I do and so my first job in the military was aerospace physiology and I was like oh that's cool what do you do and yeah and it's it's still medical but not quite medical and right. you get to you know jump out of planes and go to combat schools and all this other kind of stuff I'm like sounds high speed that's what I want to do <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't um, know that it wasn't, it wasn't like being a doctor or a nurse or a dentist or a dental hygienist. It's very different. It's a different way. You're still taking care of people, but not in that same sense. So yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. A culture shock for sure. A culture yeah. shock. Yeah. I mean, you know, medical field, because uh, that's what I'm going into. I'm going into the medical field. Um, in either an athletic training capacity or an orthopedic capacity. We'll see how far I get, but, <laughs> um, very cool. Very cool. Yes. Uh, so there's so many different branches of the medical field is what I figured out because, you know, mm -hmm. I grew up in a hospital setting, so yep. <laughs> I knew kind of the ins and outs of a hospital and I was like, okay. The only really thing I noticed, though, is anything medical, you were a surgeon. Mm. Like, that's what my perception of it was. And I was mm. like, I'm not being a surgeon. That's not <laughs> happening. I cannot perform a surgery. And right. so, you know, there's the other sides to it. There's like mm -hmm. the uh, physical therapy side of it, mm -hmm. athletic training and all of these mm -hmm. other things that don't require you know, surgeries. So <laughs> yep. yep. There's pediatrics, there's yeah. optometry, there's dental, there's a whole slew of things. So if you ever get curious about the Air Force medical stuff, then if you Google like the four, anything that begins with a four is a medical career field. So there, yeah. there's so much, there's dietitians, there's uh, physical therapy. It, it's just a whole slew for everything that there's an officer for. There is a enlisted member for. Yeah. So it's it's very very. I would say the medical field, 
especially Air Force is very different, very yeah. different. Because a lot of them specialists or medical technicians work with officers. And normally throughout people's careers, you don't really deal a lot with officers unless you're getting praised or in trouble. Um, right. Or spoken, spoken at instead of yeah. to. Right. So um, those are, those are the differences. So we have a little bit of a different dynamic in the medical field than typically a maintenance person. would. Right. <laughs> Do you think that having that kind of medical field in the Air Force encouraged you to join the Air Force more? Um, it definitely was a different incentive for me. I knew I didn't like to do manual labor. Yeah, <laughs> I did. A, I did a um, factory job before I in between school and Air Force, and I was like, I do not like this. <laughs> I do not like this at all, <laughs> um, but I naturally like to help people yeah. uh, just depending on that capacity. And I was like, Oh, well, if I do something medical, then when I get out, cause again, I was only going to do four years, six years, I'll still have something that I can transition into, into civilian sector. Yeah. Um, so I really was think I really wanted to be an x-ray technician. Um, and for whatever reason, that job, wasn't open or didn't something something to that nature and I was like well I just need to get out of here yeah. <laughs> so what's next <laughs> so yeah, yeah so it's it's definitely different and plus all the benefits that you get like you get tuition assistance you get housing allowance you get so many different and if you're a flyer you get flight incentives you, there's so many different things that you get to do yeah then, that average medical people in civilian sectors don't necessarily get to do. So it's, it definitely has a little plus, plus you have the discipline, right? There's a different right. type of discipline that goes with it. Yeah. So you still are a doctor, but you're still required to do PT and you're still required to be a mentor and you're still required to be a peer. And then you have to do peer reviews and then you have to write OPRs and EPRs. <laughs> so there's still, and then after all the air force has told you to do, then you're a doctor. Right. Yeah. And you're an orthopedic doctor. Yeah. So it's different. Yeah. It's I would say it's probably a little bit more strenuous. <laughs> <laughs> the for, benefits for from the military in general are just insane, even from the mm -hmm. child's perspective, because I'm going to school for free. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we have all these benefits because dad was in the army. And, mm -hmm. you know, even though some of them most of them are because he got hurt. Like we still right. have all these benefits that we're able to, you know, use and. You know. Absolutely. Take advantage of it for sure. Especially, yes. you know, I knowing what your dad has gone through and then hearing what you want to do. It's almost like they're, they're like hand in hand connected. Like, Oh, you've seen all these wonderful work yeah. and, and doctors and different medical specialists that have helped your father on his way through recovery that it's almost like you're without even knowing it you would eat, you just want to do it as well exactly and I think you know I had looked at so many different things like physical therapy and you know he did a lot of physical therapy and yeah, you know, part of his physical therapy was running and I would always mm -hmm. get up and run with him in the summer so I had experienced that and in, in a sense taken part in that 
Mm-hmm. So I had looked into that and then I got bored thinking about it. So I moved on to athletic <laughs> training because <laughs> I was like, well, it connects my love for sports and, mm-hmm. you know, medical and being around the medical field for so long, I had just been, you know, drawn towards it. And then, yeah, I want to get my doctorate in something. So <laughs> orthopedics and sports awesome. medicine would be. Fingers crossed. Keep going. Keep going. Yes, when for sure. You got anything left? Keep going. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So one last question for you. What advice would you have to another military child or someone looking to join the military or something along those lines? So can you, can you repeat that one more time? What advice would you give to another military child or someone joining the military along those lines? Do it. Yeah. Do it. You never know if it's not for you, if you never try, do it a hundred percent do it and don't do it kind of do it all the way. Like, it's two years, two years flew by, four years flew by, six years flew by. Like, I would say the longest, the longest assignment was 17 months in North Dakota. Everything else was right. even, even being done here, I've been down here since December, but it still feels like, oh my gosh, this is all happening super fast. I would say do it. Like, and if, and if you don't like what you're doing in the Air Force, especially, you can always cross train and do something else. And we have so many tremendous programs um, as far as commissioning, flying programs. Like, there's so many things that you can do. And it just opens your world up a little bit more. Even if you don't make a, a career out of it, you still have so much more background knowledge than the normal citizen does. Like. Sure. There's just so many more opportunities that you have without even without even looking for it. And then that network, the networking that you get to do and see is outstanding. I can't tell you how many like people that I've met that do so cool, so many cool things. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. I can't yes. keep up. Like it's it's amazing. It's amazing. The opportunities that you get, I would say do it. Do it. You don't know, you don't know what you don't know. That's it. You gotta do it. That's mm-hmm. really Going good advice. Though, you don't do any other branch. The Air Force is the best <laughs> one. Yeah, I'm sure um Zelina <laughs> is very fond of that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm an advocate for the big blue. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you for being on the podcast and sharing your stories. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I admire what you're doing. I think it's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Graceful Military Child Podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please like, subscribe, comment, share, and review. You can also follow us at Grace of a Military Child Podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more content related to the podcast. If you or someone you know is a military child that would like to be featured on an episode of the podcast, please send a message to one of our social media platforms 
or send us an email to grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. Thank you and join back next week for another inspiring story.